Kelsey, and welcome back to Hobbits at Heart. Oh, I get so excited saying our podcast title because it's just so cute. I know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm tooting our own horn here, but I like it. Anyway, we are here to continue um, our discussion of the two towers, and we have brought back our lovely guest, Mike. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Thanks for pleasure. joining us. <laughs> this is <laughs> really fun with. Here. Uh, three people as opposed to like just Lindsay and I it just adds a whole nother uh layer like we were talking about (laughs) the last episode like Shrek (laughs) like Shrek and onions um so in the last episode we left off basically disgusting disgusting not disgusting uh discussing Aomir and uh the flag the neon yellow scrap flag that we saw just trying to bring everyone's memory back Mm -hmm. um and in the very next scene, we meet Grima for the very first time. I wrote down Grima is such a little bitch. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down um, most obviously bad guy ever. Yes. Grima yeah. worm tongue. It's like like Slimy McLyerson or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like yeah. just the fact that his name is Worm Tongue. It's like, you know, right off the bat, not to trust the guy. And he's played by yeah. the guy who voices Chucky. Like, we just don't like this guy. Really? I yeah, didn't Brad, know that. Brad Dourif. In addition to having shaved his eyebrows for this movie, also voices <laughs> Chucky in the old childhood movies. Oh, I said that he looks like Gollum mixed with the creepy thin guy from uh, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> like he just has that vibe. I don't know. Yeah, totally. And yes. the guy who plays Grima, it's funny when you hear him talking in person, like he has a total American accent. Like he just, he doesn't sound any really? like Grima. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to like look him up to see what he actually looks like with, mm-hmm. you know, eyebrows and not greasy <laughs> black hair. Yeah, he has like a ton of hair. He has a little bit of a beard going on in the behind the scenes. Like he's totally different looking guy. So then here's my question, because Mike, you said that he's like the most obvious. Obviously, this is a bad guy. Are uh-huh. we not supposed to know that he's like controlling the king? Uh, I mean, I don't know about, you know, supposed to know. I mean, like I said, most obvious bad guy name ever. I think I think we can intuit that he is clearly like he's not a reason he's not someone we should trust advising okay. the king. I wasn't sure how they portray him like in the book right off right off the bat. Uh, I mean it's about the same. I don't yeah. Know. I can't remember, but I want to say it's probably about the same. <laughs> okay. Well, they did their job well because I immediately didn't like him. So yeah, all all yeah. good casting right there. And we also meet the lovely, the beautiful Aowen, who I adore. <laughs> And uh, I have some thoughts about her later on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get there. But I just want to say that we meet her and she's beautiful with her long flowing yeah. hair. Her hair is like goals. I do. Totally. I'm jealous of her hair. Yeah. Do, All right. So. do appreciate some Miranda Otto. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I haven't seen her in anything besides Lord of the Rings. The only thing I think, the only other thing I think I saw her in after this movie was um, War of the Worlds. Oh, she's I in World Worlds with Tom with Tom Cruise. She plays he played. Yeah, she plays his ex-wife. Huh. Mm, I want to watch it just for her because I love her so much. Eh. Lindsay, I think that you resemble her. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> like when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, 
dang, Lindsay kind of looks like her. Like, if you had her hair, dang. Such a compliment. I actually had a picture of Miranda Otto and um, Liv Tyler as Aowen and Arwen on my lock screen for the longest time. Uh And people thought it was me. Like, they thought it was me dressed up as Aowen. And I was like, oh, it's like actually (laughs) Aowen. But every time I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is why I keep it as my lock screen. (laughs) It's your next Renfair outfit when you get tired of dressing up as a hobbit. Oh my God. I would love to dress up as Aowen. You could really cosplay as her because you really look like her. So, thanks. Yeah, I don't hate her for the record. I just have feelings that are probably different than yours, Lindsay. Yeah, (laughs) I actually, I know that this is so nerdy and I will have to convince my future partner that this is okay, but I actually would really like to name my daughter Eowyn. I think it's such a beautiful name. I love that name. And I love, I, Kelsey, I know that you don't like her, but I love (laughs) Eowyn so much. I think she is so badass. And I don't know. I just think it's a pretty name. She is no man. I think, yeah, she needs no man, even though she wants one the whole movie, but we'll get it. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't need okay. a man. No, she, she just, she just man. is no man. <laughs> okay, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Get there. Okay. I don't hate her. I just love Aragorn. So like I get territorial <laughs> when I'm jealous. Someone I mean, is after my man. Aragorn, Aragorn needs to like, needs to pump the brakes a little bit. I feel like, I mean, I, I'm sure we're going to go into this a lot more going forward but you know he needs to be clear here and i think he's mudding the water just a little bit well yeah, uh, yeah. okay <laughs> i have so many notes it. about this we'll later talk okay, about okay. This later okay let's move on so, to marion pippin yes so we see marion pippin again with the orcs Lindsay, you said you have some notes about this scene oh uh did i say that <laughs> oh uh, about the menu <laughs> well oh so this is the this is the nighttime scene where they're at yeah, where, where they go, okay. we haven't had anything but maggoty bread for three drinking <laughs> Three effing days, got it. So, like, these movies apparently are rated... PG-13. Uh, PG-13, which means they're allowed one F-bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, a meme or something online that says, where would they put the F-bomb in the movie? And a lot of people think it should go in that line, which I completely agree. We haven't I had agree. anything but maggoty bed, bread for three fucking days. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that would be perfect, honestly. Uh, I think that should be a running a running thing is like where where would the best place to put an F bomb in these movies go? Yeah. I wonder where in the first one. I, I can't think of it right now, but we'll have you, to You shall not fucking pass. <laughs> Fly, you fucking fools. There you go. <laughs> of course it would go to Gandalf, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. Um, um go for it. I also know that there's like this whole thing of going where, you know, they say, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> and everyone's like, how would they know about the menu? <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> so I feel like it would make sense that somewhere, again, not to call back, you know, orcs frolicking in the grass or anything, but <laughs> I would imagine there's like an orc pub somewhere where they can like yeah, get that maybe. nasty ass drink and like drink and eat. Yeah, and then, I don't know. Here's the thing. Menus should <laughs> exist flesh. in the Lord of the Rings universe. So I oh, don't sure think that do. just because they aren't civilized in the same way as everyone else, they wouldn't know what a menu is. Yeah. You know? But because it's like the only time in the whole movie that you either see or hear about a menu, it's like... <laughs> they he knows about He knows about menus for the same reason that Gimli knows about the nervous system. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
It's just, yeah. just, just, just. I never thought it. of that, Mike. Yeah, that's later. We'll get there. Oh, yes. yeah. But yeah, I love quoting this scene. Me and my family quote this scene all the time. Like, we'll always say it looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Like, even <laughs> when it doesn't apply. <laughs> like, especially if we're playing D&D and, like, someone gets a good role. It's like, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Like, we're <laughs> back, You're back in the game. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Back in business. I there love was, that. There was definitely a time where I think me and some friends were, every time we wanted to smell something we were always we smell something the reference was always man flesh <laughs> uh, that line it's like there's nothing wrong with it but it does make you giggle a little like it just does <laughs> sound kind of funny <laughs> yeah okay after that then we see legolas and aragorn following like tracking the orcs and mary and mm-hmm. pippin right and um, Mike, I could see you're excited to talk about this next part. But before we talk about Aragorn and his toes, so, <laughs> toe, um, Legolas says a line that is like the red, a red sun rises. And it every time I hear this line, it reminds me of um, Breath of the Wild Zelda, where oh, they totally. say like, the blood moon rises once again. And then like everything turns red and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> As soon as you, I saw that you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. <laughs> it really sounds like it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's one of those lines that I definitely say to myself every time. Every time there's a forest fire out here, which, you know, <laughs> California happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time I wake up in the morning and see this a blood red sky, I'm like, blood isn't spilt this night. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not a nice or happy thing to say. However... That's just where my head goes. I think I think that too. Whenever I see like a red sunrise, I'm like, a red sunrise. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's just ingrained into us now. Yeah, it yeah. is. All right, Mike, you can take it away with the next section. Um, hey guys, did you know that Vigo broke his toe? <laughs> when? <laughs> okay, what? so what okay, gang. So if you're not aware, yeah. uh, in the next scene. <laughs> oh, actually, I think we're jumping over we're jumping the gun a little bit. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are riding across the fields of, of, of Rohan, and they encounter the uh, the Rohirrim. They encounter Aramir and his company of troops. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. In this scene, and now I can't unsee it. Um, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Aramir's, <laughs> and so, like, when I was talking in the last episode, if you remember, I was referring to, you know, obvious mistakes in movies, and I'm so glad that that flag is probably about the most obvious mistake in this movie because a less obvious mistake in this scene... Um, is the moment when Amir, you know, he talks to to Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. He gives them the, the horses and said, yo, we killed a bunch of orcs. We burned their carcasses. They're piled over there. As he gets on his horse, if and I feel like I'm ruining this for a lot of people because <laughs> it's un, it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. If but you as, can see it, it's so if short. You can see it, it's really subtle. I'm really glad that it's subtle because it's 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 a bummer. Every time, what? Uh, every, I'm so, yeah. what happens? I have seen this before he's building this up so much i am building it up so much all this to say that amr's sword totally falls out of his out of his scabbard as he gets (laughs) on his horse and it's it is so subtle like if you look at the bottom of the frame there's a little bit of his sword coming out of the scabbard and by the time he gets on his horse it's just out of his scabbard so but it slips out of screen so it literally just was like and then you can't see it fall but you will just see it slip out of the the frame. Of it's the just screen. one of those things I now always notice. It's like how in friggin' Fellowship, when uh, Aragorn and the Hobbits are walking through the wild, and it's like near the mm-hmm. shot where he says, you know, into the wild, uh, Aragorn's bow hits the camera. Yeah. And the camera shakes a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Can't unsee it. I did know about oh, that one. Wow. I will say. 
Yeah. That's so I will funny. say like, Mike has brought this one up so many times that when I actually saw it, he was like, there it is. And I was like, where? We need to rewind. <laughs> it's, it's a little subtle. Like, That's it? I'm looking Wait. for it all the time. <laughs> this whole thing just for like half a second. Now See, everyone's everyone's to look closely. It's still real Rewinding. to me, damn it. So yeah. every time there's a mistake, it just bums me out. I know. I know. Like the illusion is shattered. No. <laughs> no. You um, know what is shattered though? Aragorn's toe. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, you want to say you want to you want to talk about this one considering I just talked about the last one? I have thoughts about this, actually. <laughs> uh so Mike, you continue on and then I will I will share what I okay. have to say. So... I'm just here for the party. For everyone who's seen the movie, um, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli ride off to the edge of Fangorn Forest to go find Merry Pippin and see where the, the bodies of the Orkai and the orcs have been buried and burned um, or piled and burnt. And there's a moment where there's a, you know, they're, they're kind of they're kind of looking over the bodies. They're trying to find Merry and Pippin. They can't find them. They find the belt. And in a moment of frustration and just the lowest the lowest point of his day, Aragorn <laughs> kicks a helmet right past the camera, and it's a perfect shot. But <laughs> as kick. everyone knows, if anyone who's watched the special features or watched the commentary, or has seen a meme, or yeah. has seen a meme, <laughs> you know, they apparently they did the shot dozens of times just so they can get that that just right helmet kick past the camera. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, no, they did many many takes, and this was just the last take that he. <sighs> He crushed that shot and crushed his toe as he kicked that helmet. And that scream yeah. was real. And that scream is real. And so, it's like, yeah. like the most referenced piece of Lord of the Rings trivia out of all of these movies. And like when we showed it to you, Kelsey, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh huh. Because it's just too cliche at this point for Lord of the Rings fans to bring it up. So right. I didn't. But and you then- know who did? Matt did. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, okay. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad somebody did that it wasn't me though and that's why i said i have thoughts about this because right. i think i'm just being a little bit of a lord of the rings like behind the scenes snob <laughs> but i'm like there are so many more interesting <laughs> behind the scenes facts like did you know that vigo also broke his tooth filming helms deep and he wanted to glue it back on and keep filming like i just feel like there's so many more interesting behind the scenes facts that i'm like yeah I mean, everyone knows he broke his toe, but like, did you know that Orlando Broom broke his rib, you know, jumping on the horse? Like, <laughs> are you, are you going to be like a, a Lord of the Rings trivia hipster? Like, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone no. knows that one. But did you know that this happened? Did you know <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that is. <gasps> that's the next, coming. that's the next level <laughs> Going of Lord to be, fandom. I think we're there. I think, I think we're there. evolved. There we are. <laughs> I think I have. Once it started circulating on all the memes, I was like, oh, come on people. I will say though, (laughs) from like a beginner's point of view, like I had no idea that that was a thing because I didn't follow any accounts with memes. I don't like look at them often. And even if I did, I don't think I would know what was going on. So it might be well known in the Lord of the Rings community, but to people that aren't in it, it's like a cool fact. I don't, I didn't mind learning about it. Oh, absolutely. I know. I'm being a snob. I know, and I love it. (laughs) It's, you know, like I was, I I always saw it and I was like, wow, that's, that's, you know, he's so into the performance. That's such a good choice. I'm so glad he did that. Oh, wait, he broke his toe. Yeah. Oh, and my friend did ask how many toes will, love you, will, hello. He said, how many toes did Vigo break? And I actually did look it up because I wanted to make sure I was right. He broke just the one. Did it say which which one? one? It didn't say, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) 
I was so proud that I had looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have more research to do. I know, more research. On the next episode, find out yeah. which toe of you go broke. I know. I'm honestly just surprised that it took, they did it in so many takes. Like, because this whole time I thought like, did he kick it and not realize it was like made of metal and then just broke his toe, but they used the cut anyway. But no, he did it successfully like a bunch of times first. <laughs> yeah, but they just liked that. Cause before he never screamed and he never sank down to his knees. But then oh, because of the like, pain, <laughs> yeah, they were like, whoa, like Vigo really Great just- work. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought, like, he I got thought, into that one. <laughs> I thought what happened was that uh, they couldn't get the, he couldn't kick the right angle. Like he couldn't get it just so, just past the camera. They right. wanted to kick it just past the camera and he kept missing. And so the one time where he breaks his toe is when he, he kicked it perfectly past the camera. That may be so. I'm not sure about that. It but might I do know that like he originally hadn't screamed like that like that was because of the toe that he screamed <laughs> you know and we've lemons, been talking about aragorn's toe for seven <laughs> minutes no i'm just kidding <laughs> hey it's a big deal we knew going into this that we were going to bring this up so this yeah, is I, all I, mike yeah. wanted to talk about yeah, yeah all right <laughs> he's like Bye. thanks for having me this has been hobbits at heart <laughs> so moving through oh also in a scene when aragorn all of a sudden is like a hobbit lay here and he just like knows like I have to remind myself like okay I know he's like a ranger or a tracker but like damn he's a little too good at this I mean it's Aragorn are you I know (laughs) but like no I mean I like it I just think it did surprise me because I didn't understand like how good he was at that sort of thing so that's fair but 87 year old man Mm -hmm. yeah and I forget that he's 87 what the heck and we'll get to that one I'm sure yeah yes definitely so after that, I think next we meet Treebeard yeah. when Merry and Pippin run into Fangorn Forest. They're running away from the creepy orc who wants to steal uh, the ring off of them and wants to eat their legs and whatnot. Um, and yeah, we get to meet Treebeard, who I just, I love Treebeard so much. He, I would say he's one of my favorite characters, but like I say that about almost every character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I really like Treebeard. It's like, when I was first watching it, honestly, it was like really unexpected. I didn't realize that this type of character or like creature, if you will, existed at all. So I was like, oh, we've got like a Grandma Willow situation in here. I'm digging this. <laughs> I like Dang. this. A little totally. different. He's more like the cool uncle, mm-hmm. not so much Grandma Willow. I don't know, but I feel like he's like a grandfather. Like, you know, we all, I don't know. My grandpa was a little bit like this where he would just tell really long-winded stories and just yeah. kind of like talk and talk and talk and talk and talk that's perfect. yeah that's how tree actually is. i like that he'll be yeah. grandmother grandfather tree beard mm-hmm. <laughs> but with this scene though we like meet him and then it so quickly shifts back to um like sam and frodo so it's just another example of like they literally just check in on certain characters for maybe less than like two minutes and then plop you back into another storyline. And Mm -hmm. very frequently I would forget about characters. So at this point we haven't seen Sam and Frodo in so long. Yeah. Yeah. And so when they show him basically since the beginning, we haven't talked about Sam and Frodo since saying that Gollum was an (laughs) (laughs) anti-masker. So um, this is where we get the dead marshes. Yeah. yeah, so when you finally see them, it's like, oh, I forgot about them. Cool, let's see what they're up to. And this was like a scene that like, so when I first saw, was the Dead Marshes, were the Dead Marshes in the theatrical cut? I want to say they were. Yeah, they were. I remember when I saw the scene uh, or saw this movie in general, I was it was post, I had saw The Ring, the movie The Ring. 
Mm-hmm. And I saw the movie. And I was like, oh, well, they're just trying to play off the whole like Lord of the Rings. They just like to word that word now. So it's not going to be scary. It's going to be dumb. Nope. Movie ruined me. But I remember <laughs> the dead Mar- scary. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen it many times since then. I love that movie now. But like post high school, I mean, post the ring high school, Mike could not handle the dead marshes just because it was like extra sensitive to anything a little bit scary. But like. Yo, the dead marshes is what's up. It's it's a little creepy. Yeah, when that guy is like in the water and Frodo's looking down at him, and then he just like opens his eyes and oh, they all, and he and Frodo yeah. falls in. Uh-huh. That part was really freaky, and I was like, I don't know, twelve when I saw it. So <laughs> right, I was, like really freaked out. So I know that Gollum like warns Frodo not to go in the don't water. Follow the light. Right, don't follow the lights. But like, why does Frodo get like entranced? by that creepy dead head just because it's like the dead marshes i think it's another instance of like the ring kind of drawing him towards like an area because the ring is like at any chance possible trying to take frodo away from his quest right Mm -hmm. so i think it's partially frodo's being stupid as usual (laughs) and (laughs) partially like our poor boy you know (laughs) partially it's the ring like you know pulling him forward to look at the the dead guy yeah I, okay. I, I think how i see it it was i always saw as the it the ring is like i don't know it weakens like for for the for this example like it weakens his immune his immunity to like his willpower because it is such a taxing force on his like psyche mm-hmm. at all times he's right. always being constantly tempted by the ring um that his just his his willpower is just so kind of right. fragile that he's he's very susceptible to, you know, other outside influences like that. And so that's because, a good way to put it. Yeah. And he's yeah. just he, because he's just so weighed down by the ring. And so it just it's just he can't help it. He's just right. powerless he to like, resist. Can't make rational decisions. <laughs> he's he's a little drunk. He he's a little drunk. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> I do have to say before we go too far forward, before when they're still in the marshes, but before uh Frodo like falls in the water, hungry Gollum is like way too relatable to me. And I just had to make a note about it I because he's so dramatic. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I really am I like that when I'm literally hungry. me when I'm hungry. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, because he's like all writhing on the ground. Yeah. He's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> he wants to crunch some birds. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I find as much as I don't like Gollum, I find uh, him very relatable. <laughs> so, unless you guys have any more notes about the Dead Marshes, I think next we um, go back to Fangorn Forest if I'm not mistaken. I just wrote that Sam is a good friend and I love him. And I just felt like that was worth um, mentioning. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam, a tier character. Like he's just, he's the background. He you just gotta have love for Sam. always. And I, I know we, Lindsay and I have talked about Sam a little bit in the past episodes, but I feel like watching these movies, like the second time through, I get to appreciate Sam a little bit more because I know what's going to happen. So I can like take the time to think about, what good of a friend Sam is instead of always being freaking out, like what's going to happen. So just throw some love at Sam anytime we get the chance. <laughs> Shout out Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a real MVP. Which is also what I want to name my future dog. Samwise? Samwise? Yeah. Or just Gamgee. That'd be kind of cute Gamgee. I want to name I my dog Gamgee. I want a dog and I want to name him Potato. Oh, that would be cute. Just Potato. Shocker. I love so it. So I could go Potato. Just like that. 
It'll only respond when you say it that way. <laughs> yep. His, his name is Poe hyphen Tay hyphen Toe. Yeah. Um, sorry, Lindsay, where were you going to take us in the scenes? I was going to take us back to Fangorn Forest where we see Gandalf the White. Gandalf! What a glow up. Yes. <laughs> I When I saw the scene for the first time, I, I made some comment. I don't remember, Mike. You might remember, but well, I was Gandalf the white motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote down in my my comments here, Gandalf the motherfucking white. Because I really was so like, oh, he's such a badass. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And he is I, awesome. Watching it this time, I was like, I, I had never questioned this before, but it was okay. Well, why does Gandalf come back? But I mean- are we allowed to talk about or like whatever not spoilers but freaking saruman <laughs> dies in return of the king yeah right he's uh-huh. in and so that kind of led me down a a little bit of a not a really big hole but a little bit of a hole to kind of figure out well why does gandalf come back and why does not saruman and apparently i and yeah this is gonna get into some cerulean stuff so Take us there. Uh, yeah here we go I'm here ready. we go here we go all right <laughs> so the wizards the istari the Istari are Maiar spirits sent by Iluvatar to Earth specifically for the purpose of aiding mortals against their fight in against uh, Sauron. But the proviso is that they cannot take power for themselves. They cannot beat Sauron through power or force. They have to help. But what does Saruman do in this movie? He's trying to take over and help Sauron take over Middle Earth. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of taking power for himself. He wants the ring so he can have this power for himself. And so that's why Gandalf gets sent back because Gandalf is upholding what his mission was, which is why he says, I've been sent back to my task has been done because he upholds his his mission. Iluvatar sends him back and grants him more power, which is how he becomes Gandalf the White. Um, So basically, like, because you didn't because you're still helping because you're because you're the good guy and the guy that we put in charge before is fucking, fucking up. It up. <laughs> yeah. You get to take his job. Thanks, that was Mike. A great uh, explanation. That was so much more than I had written down. So well, I also was able to follow detail. along. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. <laughs> and then also, like, I wrote, "Come on, Shadow Facts." That wink, though, so good. <laughs> There's a wink. Such a beautiful horse. Yeah, Shadow Facts like winks at them, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't. I honestly didn't. I've never noticed. I wrote the wink. I'm assuming it's Shadow Facts that winks and not Gandalf. <laughs> nope, Gandalf just... <laughs> I think it's like Shadow an facts. accidental... You know when like dogs or something, they look like they're winking, but really they're not. I think it was like one of those, but I consider it a cute little Shadow Facts wink. Horse wink. I do love Shadow yeah. Facts. I mean, I love, like I said, I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there, we go back to uh, Treebeard again. Right? Uh, Yes. <laughs> and I just have to say, I watch movies with subtitles on, and I do not think I would know what he is saying at all if I did not have those subtitles on. That's fair. Did you also know that John Reese davies who plays Gimli, does the voice of Treebeard? I did. I did I know that. I, did I thought that was that. so cool. I wrote, I so cool that it's the voice of Gimli. Yeah. I remember when I first saw that in the behind the scenes, I was like, what? I had no idea. And I also just want to say, I love that this little tidbit that I saw in the behind the scenes last week, um, that the guy who designed Treebeard, he, one of the guys who just worked in like the Weta workshop, who was tasked with helping with designing what Treebeard was going to look like, he had this image of him from when he had read the books, like as a kid. 
And it happened that he was lucky enough to be working on this movie and to be, you know, part of this team that he sketched Treebeard out and he made all pictures of him. And basically what he had imagined as a kid is how we see Treebeard now. So I just thought that was so cool that it was like, this guy's imagination. I don't That's know. Super cool. Yeah. Honestly, that gave me the chills a little. And I'll say it again. It's just so wholesome. It really is. It's like yes. one of my favorite words lately, but it it just describes it so perfectly. And we I, need I, some I, wholesome things in our lives these days. And I, and I think that kind of like that kind of kind of speaks to the whole thing about Lord of the Rings in general. Like if this, you know, I was watching I was watching these movies and just listen to how just like I never really thought about this before, but like how the dialogue is just so overwrought and so high fantasy and they're talking about wizards and dwarves and elves and whatever. And you think it it sounds all ridiculous, but you realize that, you know, these are some of the most beloved fantasy stories of all time. These people are all Mm -hmm. probably huge fans. Like they're here, they are down for this, this dialogue and this, and you know, it's stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. that he got to live out his childhood dream of creating a character. That's super cool. I also have to say that the story of the Entwives, which I think is explained a little bit better in the books is one of my favorite like kind of side stories in the books because it's just so tragic. Like the Entwives basically weren't happy with the way that the Ents wanted to live. Like the Entwives wanted to go live, you know, somewhere beautiful. And um, the Ents were just like, okay, like, you know, go, (laughs) I guess, whatever. (laughs) So the Entwives left and then the Ents like kind of didn't care for a while. And then they were like, you know what, where are the Entwives? Like we haven't seen them in a while. And then they couldn't find them. They lost the Entwives. And so the Ents as a race are going extinct as a result because they don't know where the Entwives are. And in the books, they ask, Treebeard asks Marion Pippin if they've ever seen Entwives before because the Shire looks like a place that the Entwives would have loved to have gone because of how beautiful it is. And Marion Pippin are like, no, we haven't seen them. It's just sad. What do they look like? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a sucker for a sad story. So (laughs) that is like a story that I wish that there was more of. Obviously there's just like not enough time for everything. And I'm glad that we do learn what we like, you know, what they do give us. But, um, I could read a whole book just about the Ents and their backstory. (laughs) Oh no. I'm sure that's an appendix. Oh, I was like, yeah, I I got nothing. nothing. You're going to be like, well, this book right here. My fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Although as good Erotic as that story fiction. is, I did write that that would probably be, if I was watching this in theaters, that would probably be the scene that I would go to the bathroom during. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because it's just short enough or long enough and you wouldn't really miss too much plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I do think the Mary and Pippin stuff is probably the slowest stuff in the movie. I know, I wish they were in it more. Of them in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also, Kelsey, I know you had asked me before, like, what's extended, what's not extended. A lot of the Marion Pippin scenes are extended scenes. Which just they're... means they're in it even less. Mm-hmm. What a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so I think next I have notes regarding the Black Gate. Is that mm-hmm. where we head next? Frodo and yeah. Sam. Gollum keeps true to his word and he leads them to the Black Gate and they're looking down at it and we see how incredibly fortified it is. There's cave trolls, there's tons of orcs guarding it, and there's like this huge army of men walking in. Um, And I have to say, I mean, like, thank goodness for Gollum because there's no way they would have gotten through the Black Gate. No, no, because why does Gollum even lead them there? He knows they can't make it through it. Because Frodo asked him to. 
Ugh. But you think Gollum would be <laughs> like... He says that in the movie. Actually, Frodo, we won't be able to get through the Black Gate. There's a different pathway that we should take instead. Like, I just... Because Master did not ask. Oh. Yeah, because Frodo said, take me to the Black Gate. He didn't say that he wants to get into Mordor. He just said, <laughs> Reasons why I hate <laughs> Gollum. Do you really hate Semantics. Gollum? I love Gollum. I just... A little bit. There are times, like I said, where I like him and where I relate to him. But like things like this, it would just get under my skin if this were real life. Like, mm. like come on, bro. He you knew, knew what that I meant. They, yeah, yeah. You knew what I meant. He's like, well, you didn't actually say it. It's like, <laughs> uh. So it's just another reason why Gollum is so frustrating. Because I literally wrote, why would Gollum lead them all the way to the Black Gate just to say, never mind, can't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Yeah, I know why. I just think it's annoying. That's fair. <sighs> this is obviously the first time you get to see the Easterlings, and that kind of brings up the weird the weird thing about these movies and the weird thing about like this Tolkien in general or the Lord of the Rings is that how all the bad guys seem to be colored, but all the good guys seem to be a little white. Hmm. You have yeah, like the never... Southrons and the Easterlings. You have the Orcs. Mm-hmm. Not the most progressive messaging, but you know. Yeah. I actually never his... really noticed that. Product of Oops. product of their time, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, it brings up a good point. Because once you mentioned that when we were watching it, Mike, I like couldn't unsee it. I was like, damn it. I know, right? But I mean, it's it's a good thing to be aware of, you know? Yeah, I think it's important to, to be light. able to look at things that we love and still be able to be critical of it and be like, you know what? That's not right. It's not perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, they shouldn't yeah. have done it like that. After that scene, is this when we see Mary and Pippin like waking up and uh mary is like a little bit taller oh. yeah which is the extended scene that uh mike had just mentioned okay yep it's this, this the scene that spawned what a dozen i'm sure uh online and draft recipes for fans to make <laughs> i feel like if, hey. there's so many there's so many and draft recipes online for you know when you're having throwing a fan party or something like that and you want to have a, a fun beverage what do you ah. think so, question what do you think and draft tastes like well, in the book, they describe it as just very, like, fresh. I was going to say, it needs to be, like, light. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like it's just, like, really crisp, like, delicious water. <laughs> with a nice cucumber cucumber infusion. Yeah, with, like, a little cucumber okay. mint action or something. Yeah. But were you trying to make it, like, boozy? Uh, no, I wasn't trying to make stuff. But I feel, but I feel oh. like I've seen, like, every recipe I see online is, is a boozy recipe because... That's all nerds. That's what do. I meant, though. Drink. Oh, I know what would be good for that. Then, like a gin, gin? and gin? soda <laughs> with like cucumber and mint and lemon in it. Oh, oh like I had a drink flower like gin. Mm. Yeah, that would happen. be. I've Make had a drink like this at a bar once, and I wish I knew. It was one of those things where the bartender is like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "I don't know. I like gin." And he was like, "Okay, let me make you something." <laughs> I don't know what he made, but it's like the best drink I've ever had. And that <laughs> is what I want and draw it to be. We cut to Lindsay going <laughs> to this bar. What did you make me? <laughs> I know, two years ago at the Christmas party. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> oh I man, think, I, I think, think gin's a good answer for that. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. Put that recipe online. Put that in the show notes. Um. Okay, so anyways, back on track here a little bit. Uh, next yeah, up, we along. see Aowen again. I think Lindsay or Mike, I don't remember who was telling me this, that the scene between Eowyn and Grima was originally is Gandalf's dialogue in uh, the book. No, that that the line about being what so fair, so cold that like uh, a pale spring morning still clean winter's chill. 
is actually Gandalf's line from Return of the King. I think they just wanted to. Uh, oh, it's like a Houses of the Healing dialogue. So it's not like that whole scene is no, no, actually no. Gandalf talking. It's oh. no, no, no. no it's, well, I, I think. Confused. Oh, that no. would be creepy if Gandalf yeah. was like. <laughs> That's why I was so confused when you were explaining that to me. Oh, God. Nah, he's an immortal wizard. He's, in, he's not down for that sort of thing. But. Uh, <laughs> No, it's it's Gandalf talking about Awen in the Houses of the Healing, I think, in Return of the King. So, But I think they just gave that dialogue to uh, to Grima. And they um, did that a lot in the writing. Like, they took, you know, lines from other characters in completely other books and gave it to different people, which I kind of like. They at least kept that some of that language in there. Yeah. I yeah. This is the scene that um, I had asked you two about before we were recording, when Gandalf and Legolas and Aragorn and everyone, like, finally show up here. Right. That's the mm-hmm. scene. And there's a flag that like falls to the ground and it actually is beautiful. Like it falls perfectly. Eowyn looks at it and then Aragorn shows up and he looks at it. Apparently that flag fell on accident and their reactions to seeing it on the ground are totally like of confusion. Cause they're like, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> Mother Nature yeah. knew the Lord of the Rings movie she wanted to see. Yeah, but it looks really good. Like if you go back and watch the scene, it's just kind of like a beautiful, it was just too windy, I guess. And it got taken away in the wind. Yeah. And in the behind the scenes, they go into this whole thing about how hard it was to find where to put um, Meduseld and like the Golden Hall. And Mm -hmm. they were like trying and trying to find this place that, you know, was described in the books and they just so happened to find it. And they actually built like that entire set up on this hilltop in the middle of New Zealand. Um, But they were only allowed to do that if they tore everything down afterwards and returned back to exactly how it was, which like as a person who's all about sustainability in the earth, I can appreciate. Yep. But But I also really want to go there. (laughs) Yeah. How cool would that be if that was still there? Absolutely. I'm just surprised they actually like were able to do that. That's so cool. I know. Yeah, and they were saying how epic it was to be there because it it actually looked like they were really there because they were. They built it. It wasn't like a set. It was like real. Mm -hmm. That'd be a cool thing to go over there and go to New Zealand and see if you can't find anything from the original set. But I'm sure it's been 10 years. I'm sure there's nothing left. Actually, Unless it's like 20 years. It's been 20 years since (laughs) the movie. There's the Lord of the Rings fossil in. (laughs) It's it's been 20 years since these movies came out. Sometimes I forget that it's been 20 years since these movies come out. (laughs) Man, I'm really like playing catch up here. 20 years, man. That's crazy. All right. Um, I feel like we got to keep moving along, guys. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Basically, the next thing that happens is, uh, you know, Gandalf goes in and Hama lets him keep his staff, even though Grima told him to take away all of the weapons. And but he's like, I'm and- an old guy. I need my staff to walk. I know. And I love how Legolas like gives him his arm to help yeah. him walk when it's like. <laughs> oh. Legolas is just in there. He knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Legolas is like, I got you. Um, and then there's like the whole wizard exorcism, exorcism <laughs> scene. <laughs> I was almost confused. Cause so, you know, when they, when, when Gandalf, uh, Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli all come into the, the hall. They got those four guys in black that kind of like pacing the side, like watching for trouble. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Oh, just like bodyguard dudes. I don't but, know. Like, yeah. are they are they like Grima's boys? Like, because none of the other Probably. soldiers help fight against Aragorn and all those people. Like, I'm just curious as to why Grima has a crew. 
Well, because Grima is like going for total domination, you know, like mm-hmm. he's got to have his know more about his boys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have um, no idea. Honestly, I didn't even notice. So I've never <laughs> noticed that either. Honestly, it never even scene. occurred to me. Well, they're, yeah. they're the guys that rush. They're the guys that rush in against Aragorn, Gimli and, and Legolas when, when it all starts going down. And he's like, also, I told you to take away his staff. Also, that part. When did Grima end up on the floor? Like, doesn't he start running and then one of them like grab him and then Gimli like pushes him down or something? I, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I, don't just, remember. I just swear we, we just cut to Gimli stepping on him and saying, I would stay there if I were you or I'd stay down if I were you. But it's like, when did he get down? Like, I mean, I think that you can just uh, put two and two together that he fell or something. Like, use your imagination. Are you, are you saying he got caught slipping? Yeah. Grima got caught slipping. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I was just gonna say like um after that scene I said that Theoden is being pretty selfish after they literally just like saved his life however I was happy to recognize this actor as the captain from the Titanic ah yes (laughs) I just thought that was worth mentioning because I also love the Titanic love the Titanic um I wrote down because you know so after Theoden comes back you know he has that whole age transition whatever and then he Mm -hmm. wants to like kill Grima and freaking oh. Aragorn is like, no, no. <laughs> no, enough blood has been spilt on his behalf or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Aragorn, I love you, but that was a mistake. Because if he hadn't, if they hadn't let Grima go, then Grima wouldn't have been able to tell Saruman about like the little drain in Helm's Deep that they could blow up. I just feel like maybe they didn't need to kill him, but they should have at least like put him in jail or something. Yeah, I don't the know. fact that they just let him go. And Aragorn is literally like, you're going to regret being a murderer. It's like, no, he's not. This I guy know. just tortured him. I think it's totally justifiable to like murder Grima in this moment. So mm-hmm. I guess like not everyone's perfect and they needed Aragorn to be that guy of like, he has, a, he's on his moral high horse and needs I, to I think maybe they need way. to set up the tension between him and him and Theoden because, you know, like the, later on in the movie, Theoden is kind of like, you know, when last I looked, Theoden, not Aragorn, was king of Rohan, and I think they're kind of that kind of sets up that tension just a little bit more. Like, yeah, he shows deference after he stops him, but you know, there's a little bit of below the surface resentment from Theoden towards Aragorn because Aragorn you know, is this kind of upstart king sort of thing. I can't blame him in this moment. I think that was a mistake, <laughs> but oh well. I, you I, know, think, we, I think we can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> hindsight is 2020 20. i'm sure aragorn at some point would would agree with you as well yeah you know like yeah. if this you were real right. life i screwed yeah. up I, you should have got that guy you should have killed yeah. him but like That's don't worry I, we we handle it in the end it gets there it all works out a lot of movies are like hey if you would have just done this then the whole movie wouldn't have happened so yeah true i guess it works true. this is just one of those yeah yeah um another thing that i thought was interesting so at the funeral for um theodred the king's son mm-hmm. the song that uh, eowyn sings in the extended edition is old english like the type of oh. english that beowulf was written in um, oh so i thought that was really interesting that they literally wrote fran walsh wrote lyrics in old english or she wrote the lyrics and then someone translated them to old english i just thought that was interesting i thought i mean it's a beautiful song mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's so cool after this scene, then we get back to Sam and Frodo, right? Mm-hmm. Who we tend to forget about again. <laughs> I know. We like, haven't oh, seen yeah. them in so long. We literally only see them like three times in the first half of the movie, which is just crazy to me. Um, but this is where I start kind of thinking about, I think Mike and I had talked about this too while we were watching it. 
Um, like maybe Sam shouldn't be this mean to Gollum because if he was just a little bit nicer, then I think things would just be a lot easier for them. Like Gollum wouldn't be so mean back to him if Sam was just a little bit nicer. You know? Yeah. But I guess we need something for like Frodo's anger at towards Sam to like feel justified later on. Yeah, Sam definitely is like, do not like Gollum, don't trust him, and everyone's going to know about it. <laughs> right. Like, he's just trying to be a good friend, but, like, we now know, like, what we've talked about, Frodo just, like, can't see clearly. So mm-hmm. no matter what Sam says, it's going to be hard for him to be like, you're right. We shouldn't listen to this little creature who has tried to, you know, he's been trying to, like, kill them, basically, or figure out a way to kill them. And also... um, I think there's a part of Frodo that like relates to Gollum because Gollum did carry the ring for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and totally. so, you know, Gollum does feel he even said or Frodo even says, like, now that I see him, I do pity him because he realizes that like that's what could happen to Frodo if he were yeah. to hold on to the ring for that long. So Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I think oh sorry, Mike, go. Oh no, so that he de- like Frodo definitely does does speak to that. And again, he's like, you know, you don't know you have no idea what it's doing to him. And I think that's why Frodo like trusts Gollum as much as he does because he's the only other person that knows what he's going through. And and that's with him. He sees him as like a as a character who could be saved because I think I think you know Frodo Frodo wants to believe that at the end of this journey that he can come home and then he can walk away from this just fine and so he wants to be able to prove that in someone else. Yeah, Yeah. he sees Gollum as that as that person that he can. he can redeem. Also in this scene, they so they show Sam crying again, which I just think is just so I love how normal it is for men to cry in these movies because there's zero like toxic masculinity. And I'm a fan. Yeah. And Theoden had just been crying as well when his yeah. son died. So when does uh Sam cry? I don't know. I just went, oh, Sam is crying again, and I love how normal it is. Next up we have the Gollum monologue, which is like so iconic and so classic. <laughs> with Andy Serkis going back and forth between Gollum and Smeagol. Yeah, I was... It's just so good. I was going to ask if you guys had any, like, fun facts about this monologue scene. I don't know. Because this is the scene when I first watched the movie that I was like, how did they film (laughs) Gollum? And I know that, like, the the actor actually, like, did it. And then they, like, did everything else, like, digital. But it just seems like such an important, like, cool scene to film. Oh, yeah. I do I, have something to say. Oh, go ahead. Ooh, okay. Oh no, no. I was going to say like I think it's a it's a fantastic scene, and I think it's it's it, it's an amazing showcase for Andy Circus and his his range. Well, okay. I was going to say that originally Andy Circus was just going to do the voice for Gollum, but when he sent in his audition tape for this, he like so completely embodied Gollum and Smeagol and they started they cast him as the voice and as they were working more and more with him they realized like what Andy Serkis is doing like he is Gollum and they wanted to capture his you know all of his acting as well so that's when they decided that they were going to go ahead and do motion capture Mm -hmm. instead of completely doing it digital and just Andy Serkis as the voice Um, So that's when they were like, oh, we need to incorporate him, have him actually there to bounce off of for, you know, the actors. And he just totally killed it. That's so cool. And I bet he's really proud he did that because like that's he's gotten so many mocap performance jobs off that off Gollum alone. Oh, I'm sure he was King Kong in King Kong. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. He was in Mm -hmm. he's what Caesar in all the Planet of the Apes movies Mm -hmm. like he good, is the guy choice. for motion capture. And they were saying in the behind the scenes how it was kind of like people didn't really understand because he just showed up in like this white 
like unitard <laughs> with like little dots on it yeah and everyone's like wearing like these really cool epic like fantasy costumes and then he's just like running around <laughs> like, <laughs> this onesie basically um but i just have to say props to andy circus like he really threw himself in there he was so physical like in the scene prior where he's like going through the water chasing after the fish like he Mm -hmm. actually did that and it was an almost freezing cold water Mm -hmm. and he was just thrashing through this river like bruising Uh, himself up yeah and that's that's the thing i think about when i watch this scene is is that scene of him diving into the river and 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 trying to get the fish like how Mm -hmm. damn cold that must have been yeah uh, because they showed up and there was snow on the ground and they had to melt all of the snow oh my gosh no way it was freezing. Wow. No, but, uh, wow, so interesting. I did this uh, Gollum monologue or this Gollum back and forth monologue as a monologue in my when I, like a theater class in high school. Oh, that's yeah, it was fun. like my final for the class, and so oh I got my on. Oh my gosh. I was on my knees in front of the class doing the back and forth. I do love the way that like not only did they have him look back and forth, but like seeing the different angles of like what's behind him, like it just made it so cool. So that when he finally feels like Gollum is gone, that it's that much Mm -hmm. more powerful because the camera like doesn't switch back the other way. I don't know. It's a beautiful scene. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I love Smeagol. Like when you finally get to see who Smeagol really is, I feel like that's when I love him because I'm like, he's so cute and so sweet and fun. (laughs) I don't know that I 100% agree with that, but like, (laughs) I know what you mean. Can't you maybe don't see more of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. We don't see a lot of him so but But then he's just like so excited when he finds the brace of conies you know the rabbits oh (laughs) yeah i was like he brings the rabbits and he's all happy and cackling because he's so excited he did such a good job and then sam has to uh ruin his rabbits i know yeah (laughs) with what potatoes there it is (laughs) boy this scene I, so, you I mean, you guys obviously know, I love potatoes, love potatoes. So when I um, watched the scene, I had already heard of it, you know, cause it's like that song on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really well-known scene or yeah, a well-known scene, but I just, I just love it so much every time I see it. I just love it. And I love potatoes and I love how Gollum's like, what's taters. And I love how he like spits at like <laughs> Sam <laughs> when he's like, you give it to us raw. <laughs> like, I just, I love that whole scene. That whole exchange between them is perfect. It's so, do so we think, dramatic. So do we think that that Smeagol, when he was a human, or when he was before the ring, never had potatoes? Or did he just forgot what potatoes are? He's probably forgotten. It's been a long time. Yeah, because he was like a almost hobbit type, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he a hobbit? He was. Like, okay. He was of the river folk. The river so like, I think he would know what potatoes mm-hmm. are. Um, Because I doubt when he was a hobbit that he ate all his food raw. (laughs) Like, yeah. And wiggling? Yeah, and wiggling, (laughs) yeah. So, oh, it's just so good. I just love potatoes. It's so good. I love how passionate Sam is about like, you don't know what potatoes Potatoes. are. Come on, you idiot. (laughs) That would be you, Kelsey. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, although I I love potatoes so much. They are. They are. (laughs) The most versatile food. Like, you can boil them, mash them, or stick them in a stew. <laughs> no, but really, French fries, French fries, mashed potatoes, tater tots, hash browns. You can have them for any meal of the day. You can put them in a taco. You have sweet potatoes, which are little, have more nutrients in them. I could go on and on. 
Although I did learn recently that there's like a French fry called like a smiley face French fry. Have you guys seen these? Are they yes. just like discs and there's like a smiley yeah, face kind of it's like a, Yeah. Yeah. I had never even heard of those before and but apparently now you have to try I'm it. missing out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who knows what these potatoes taste like? <laughs> well, I just really want to try them. And actually I went to Trader Joe's this morning and I bought myself some little golden potatoes. So I'm excited to cook those at some point, maybe for dinner. In true Hobbit fashion. Yeah, I can talk about why. a whole, like, potatoes for a whole episode, so. <laughs> Which is what's Hobbits at heart. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. That's the name of the show. <sighs> and yeah. I also love, <laughs> Mike, um, I also love how Sam just thinks Gollum is, like, completely hopeless just based off his taste in food. <laughs> it's like, you're hopeless. I can And really. then we see the elephant. Yeah. Let's, I'm like exciting. kind of forgetting <laughs> the scene a little bit. Yeah. So then it's like they have that whole in, you know, discussion argument about potatoes and how the rabbit should be cooked. And then Frodo hears like some noise off in the distance. And we see the men who are marching uh, to war. And that is where we also meet Faramir. So Faramir comes along and he finds Frodo and Sam. And that's pretty much where it ends for that disc for the extended edition is we know that uh Faramir has captured Frodo and Sam and we don't know what's going to happen next. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> that was like in perfect unison, Lindsay. <laughs> I know. And I know that we'll get into more about Faramir like later. Mm-hmm. Um, but first impression you're like, Oh, who's this guy again? Another man. The <laughs> man of Lord of the Rings. Kind of a dick. <laughs> love Faramir but I, I love, love Faramir as well <laughs> I mean I, I love Faramir as well but they they definitely make him a huge dick in this movie I think that it could be worse I don't think it's that bad because they right. give him well, he, he has oh, yeah, pretty no. good redemption arc absolutely so. yeah 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 no but, he, in, in Return of the King he definitely becomes much more much softer mm-hmm. as he deals with Pippin but uh yeah setting up some solid daddy issues for Faramir uh at the outset he and Boromir both got daddy issues. Well, well, I think that just about wraps this up. Unless you guys have anything else that you would like to add for disc one. Well, did we ever answer the question of where Gondor was when the Westfold fell? <laughs> I think that's later, isn't it? Yeah, that's in disc two. Okay, okay. I was just curious because we were talking about it and, you know, got that question on our uh, Instagram. So um, we yeah, no, when I was, get there. <laughs> what I'm saying, when I was watching the Westfold burning, I was like, man, where is Gondor at this point? Like, they're helping out. <laughs> well, then we will cover that in our next episode where we continue to uh, discuss the two towers. Yeah. Thanks again, Mike, for joining us. It's so fun to have all of your insight on the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, you've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. Tune in next time. We'll dive in more to Two Towers. Bye, everyone. Bye.